Well, I wonder would you agree with these two compliments? Life is hard, and our prayer life is hard. I whenever I ask you to raise your hands, would you raise your hands at either or both of those statements? I know I would raise two hands to both of them. And I want to encourage each of us here this morning, as we do things slightly differently, to encourage you that whenever life is hard, whenever our prayer life is hard, that there is great encouragement and great hope from God's word. And I don't think I'm going to share anything new that you don't already know today. Who say, that's the same as every Sunday. But I'm hopefully going to join the dots on some of the things that you do that I can believe that can be really helpful for us whenever life is tough and whenever our prayer life is tough. I want to join the dots in the realities that we have Jesus in heaven praying for us. All of us know that, don't we? But join that to the fact that we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts also praying for us in Romans 8. And join that to the fact that we are part of a body on earth, the church, locally and globally, that has the ability to pray for and with each other. So we have an intercessor in heaven, an intercession in our hearts, and intercessors in our church locally and globally. And I believe each one of these uh, dots that we join will be an encouragement in themselves and then holistically will encourage us whenever life is hard to know that there are people praying for us. Not just people, but God himself is praying for us. And that we can be involved in being an encouragement to others by praying for them. Joining uh, God, the Son and God the Spirit by praying for other people. It's a real encouragement, isn't it? If you're talking to somebody and they come up and say, I've been praying for you in this last week, or I hate that you have a job interview, I'm going to be praying for you during that, or I realize you're going through a really hard time, I'm going to be praying for you. It's a real encouragement. But how much more of an encouragement to hear Jesus Christ, our Lord, say that to us this morning, that today in heaven he is praying for us. You say, Keith, they'll tell us more about the prayers of Jesus. Well, consider Jesus on earth as he walked this earth for 33 years. Prayer was a big part of his life, and he often took time aside out of his busy schedule to get alone with the Father and to pray. He also would have been in constant communication with the Father as well, I believe. But during a lot of these Set times of prayer. We don't actually know what Jesus prayed for. It's not recorded for us. But some of the things that we do know that Jesus prayed for are quite interesting. He prayed in Matthew, Matthew 19, 13 for the little children. He prayed for Peter's faith to remain strong in Luke 22. And in the high priestly prayer in John 17, he prayed that his followers would know the full measure of joy, that they would be protected from the world and from the evil one around them, and that they would be sanctified. Here's a glimmer into what Jesus would have been praying while he was on earth. You say, Keith, well, that's very good. Jesus prayed on earth, but what about now? Well, in the high priestly say. High priestly prayer in verses 20 and 21. It goes on to say, and for those who will believe in me. So Jesus not only prayed for his followers there and then, but he prayed for his followers of all generations. 
My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. And he continues in that prayer today. In Hebrews 7, 25 tells us, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus always lives to intercede for us if we come to know him and save in faith. Jesus is there to act on our behalf before God. You say, Keith, tell us more about Jesus' intercession for us. Well, listen to what John says in 1 John 2, verse 1. Says, My dear children, I write this so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We have this advocate. What is an advocate? It's somebody who pleads the case of another, who stands in the place of those who cannot speak for themselves. Jesus is indeed the perfect advocate. The Father is well pleased with him and his prayers for us are constant and they are perfect. So as the enemy, as the evil one comes to the Father day and night and accuses us of all of our, of our wrong, we have an advocate who is greater than the accuser says, no, what I have done is sufficient for them. Say, so what else does Jesus pray? Well, I, I will... Well, he prayed in the high priestly prayer in John 17. Probably is a good basis of what he continues to pray for us today in the courtrooms of heaven. John 17, 20 to 20. When he prays for unity in Christ throughout all generations. Jesus is praying for the unity of his church locally, in towns, and globally in the, in the church-wide. He's also praying that we would experience the same kind of love for each other as the Father and the Son have for each other. He prays in verses 21 and 23 that we would be a signpost to the wider world of God's love for them. So unity, love, and signpost to others. And he prays that we would see the glory of Jesus. Isn't it encouraging that Jesus is praying that for us today, I believe? How wonderful as you think about how hard your life is right now, how hard your prayer life is, isn't it wonderful that God the Son is praying for us before God the Father this morning? When we feel our prayers are so weak and faint to know Jesus is there. Thomas watching a great Puritan rather said, prayer as it comes from the saint, those Christians, is weak. But when the arrow of the saints prayers is put in the bow of Christ's intercession, it pierces the throne of grace. As we pray, Christ comes and brings it right before the Father in the throne of grace. So as we seek to apply this very simple first point this morning, I wonder how does the fact that Jesus is praying for us today impact how we view our lives, the difficulties and the trials that are in them? And how does it give us strength to go on? Secondly, to consider, as we consider praying for others in our days, how does what we pray for them align with what Jesus prays for us? And is there the possibility of those things coming closer together? And how good is it to know that because of Jesus' intercession, we have constant access because of the great high priest to the Father.
So whatever you're going through, wherever you are, however hard life is, however feeble you feel, your prayers is we have access to the Father. We're going to use the words of a song, what a friend we have in Jesus, and sing it together. And I encourage you during it to give thanks to God for the fact that we can come to him through Jesus, that we do have somebody that we can cast our burdens on, our, our, our heavy labors can be sent uh, to Jesus in prayer. So let's sing this song with a great sense of thankfulness that Jesus is praying for us. to bear What a privilege to consider Jesus Christ praying for us today. Also, the often overlooked reality that God the Holy Spirit is praying for us today 
as well. I wonder if you ever look at a personal situation in your life, a sickness, a loss, a bereavement, a work problem, a prodigal in your family, and you just don't know what to pray. You've prayed and your prayers have run dry, and you, don't, and you can't find the words any longer. Or possibly you look at the global world today and you think of the natural disasters, the global pandemic, the widespread suffering, and you just simply cannot find the words of prayer. You just don't know what to pray. Well, God knew there would be situations like this for us. Is it, and he'd be acutely aware of our weakness in prayer. An encouragement from Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 is that God has not left us on our own. Even here, God helps us. Verse 26 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is a wonderful, this is a great, often neglected and overlooked truth. That whenever we get to this point in our prayers, when we can't find the words, we simply do not know what to pray, that God steps in and prays for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes here in accordance with the will of the God. And the great truth is that everything the Holy Spirit prays is in, in accordance with God's will. It will always be answered with a yes and amen. He does it through wordless groans here, it says. And some of you are possibly thinking, well, is this the gift of tongues? Is this only for those who have the gift of tongues? No, well, the gift of tongues is talked about in other passages of Scripture. And it seems to be for a select group of believers. Whereas this ministry of God, the Holy Spirit, his intercession, his prayer for us is for everybody. It's for you that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit within you and the Holy Spirit is helping you in your weakness. If you're finding your prayer life tough, as I do, as I'm sure lots of you do, the Holy Spirit is praying with these wordless groans, literally without words. Some describe it as the Spirit's own language of prayer before the Father. Here the Holy Spirit steps in as an inter. Somebody who knows us so well, somebody who knows the Father so well and can ask for what is right for us. He prays for what we need. He prays for what will be for our good and for God's glory. And he doesn't do it in the far off place. No, the Holy Spirit draws near to you as you lie awake in your bed with your mind running with the situation that you think about. The Holy Spirit is there. As you're in that difficult family situation or that difficult work situation, the Holy Spirit is right there praying for you. Even as you offer him prayers up as you drive or as you go into a difficult situation, the Holy Spirit is there. Tom, our youngest child, is two, and he got a shed as his uh, grandparents moved house and gave him their old shed. And he loves to lift things in and out of the shed, quite often out rather than in, and quite often creating a mess rather than tidying up. I think he takes that after his mother. And uh, sometimes he carries uh, tins of paint that are just a wee bit too heavy for him. And he's groaning and he's, he's trying to 
get it out or into the shed. But, and then his big brother, who's a big five, comes and seeks to help him carry it. Sometimes he's trying to carry things that are even too heavy for him. And George, so, so, so mummy and daddy have to come and to do the bulk of the lifting for him. And he's actually not carrying it at all, but he is a little tiny bit. And it's a real encouragement to him that he can continue to shift this thing out of the shed and into the garden. And whenever we consider our prayer lights, whenever things are too heavy to lift, the Holy Spirit comes alongside, picks up the heavy side and really carries it for us. Robertson says the Holy Spirit lays hold of our weakness along with us and carries us, carries his part of the burden facing us as if two men were carrying a log, one at each end. When our vocabulary is insufficient in prep, when our strength is so weak, the Holy Spirit comes and strengthens and does the heavy lifting for us. So can I encourage you this morning in your gut-wrenching experience that you possibly are currently in or that you are going to be facing one day, in the situation where you cannot face going out into the world, where you cannot get the sleep that you crave, where you cannot get the appetite to eat, can I encourage you that the Holy Spirit is interceding for you? Can I encourage you in these situations to continue to cry out to God, even if you don't have the words, to cry out to God, to continue to ask, to seek, and to knock? Another writer said that as we do this, it's as though the Holy Spirit fixes our prayers on their way up. I know my prayers need a lot of fixing. But I'm so thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to do that. So we no longer need to worry about praying the wrong things or praying in the so-called wrong way, even when we have no words to continue to seek and knock, to know the Spirit prays for us. So as we take a few moments of silence now, as we consider some of the big issues going on in our personal lives and in the wider world, our broken bodies, our broken relationships, our broken dreams, our broken minds, broken people, broken countries, broken politics, broken policies. Let us pray for them now. And let's remember that the Holy Spirit is helping us and he's interceding for us as we do it, even if we do not know what to pray. So, so let's take some time to pray in the silence. Father, thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives to intercede for us as we have prayed. Father, thank you that you have heard our prayers. Thank you that the Spirit has interceded for us. Father, thank you that Jesus has interceded for us even in these moments as well. And Father, pray that you would answer these prayers in accordance to your uh, good purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we consider... Jesus, our intercessor in heaven, the Holy Spirit, our intercessor in our hearts. We then consider the, the body of Christ, the church that we're all part of, and the fact that we can intercede for others. Oswald Chambers has said this, that Jesus carries on intercession for us in heaven. The Holy Ghost carries on intercession for us on earth. And we, the saints, 
the Christians have to carry on the intercession for all mankind. So as we can see what God the Son and God the Holy Spirit is doing for us. Our opportunity is to be praying, to be interceding for others, and to know that others are praying for us as well. This role of an intercessor is for all believers. It isn't for the super spiritual. It isn't a unique role that only some Christians have. Yes, some Christians are, are better intercessors than others simply because they do it more. But this is something that all of us can do for each other and for people in the wider church. This is a great privilege, and it's also a great opportunity uh, for us. So here are some of these intercessors in God's Word. Well, right throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and New, we see people like Abraham, Moses, David, Samuel, Hezekiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, praying on behalf of the people around them. Think of um, Moses, Aaron, and her in Exodus 17, praying for the Israelite army down below. Whenever they prayed, the army was whenever they weren't praying, the, the enemy was advancing. Our prayers make a difference. Then as we come to Christ, we've already seen how whenever he walked on earth, he was praying for us. He was praying on behalf of others around them. Christ also taught his disciples to pray, but he also Interesting, taught them to pray together. Think of the Lord's Prayer as we call it. He says, our Father, our sins, our daily bread, lead us, deliver us. Five times God uses the plural or the collective word, us, our, our. Jesus taught his followers to pray together and to pray for each other's needs and to pray for each other's daily provision. Then we come into the early church and see in Acts 2, 42, that, the, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to breaking the prayer and to prayer. In Acts 6, the apostles appointed seven men to wait on the table so that the apostles could be devoted to prayer and the ministry of the word. They didn't want anything to hinder them from praying for the, for the church at that time. Prayer was important to the gathered assembly, to be praying for each other, to be interceding on behalf of each other. Then as we go into the, into the letters, we see Paul in his 13 letters have 42 prayers recorded and many more requests within them. You say, well, Keith, what does Paul pray for others? Well, he prays a whole array of things. Take, for example, Ephesians 1 in this prayer there. He prayed that the church would know the hope to which they are called. They prayed that they would know the riches of our glorious inheritance. He prayed that they would know the immeasurable greatness of the power within us. How encouraging for the church to know Paul was praying for them. How encouraging for us to know that we can be praying that prayer for each other and that others are praying for our church today as we pray for other churches as well. Going further, as we see the, 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 com, the commands to pray from Paul, we must continue to remind ourselves that Paul wrote these letters to groups of people. We can often read them in a very individual, individualistic way. Um, 
And yet it's written to collective groups of believers. So Paul writes to the church at Philippi and says to the church gathered, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He's encouraging us to pray together to God. Ephesians 6, 18 again, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Can you see the all-encompassing nature of this first verse? This is written to all believers. This is for us to be praying on all occasions. This is for us to be praying all kinds of prayers and requests, big and small. And it's to be praying for all the Lord's people gathered in that local church, in our local church, but also in the churches gathered throughout the, the world as well. This is a very brief overview of how we can be praying for each other and what others can be praying for us. It's amazing to think that intercession is a truly universal work of the Christian Writes one author, no place is too close to intercessory prayer, no continent, no nation, no city, no organization, no office. No power on earth can keep intercession out. We can travel right around the world as we pray for the church today and to know that nowhere is off limits. That's what an encouragement it is for us as a church family to, to know that others have been praying for us if you were at the coffee morning on Thursday, and as the people's testimonies came up on the park point or went up online after, a recurring theme was the encouragement and the help of people praying for them each day that they got their diagnosis and went through their treatment. For many of us, we know the encouragement of others praying for us through difficult times. Bonhoeffer, a German theologian, wrote this. So the Christian fellowship lives and exists by the intercession of its members for one another or collapses. So the encouragement is that others are praying for us. And I guess the challenge is then, how are we doing of praying for others in our fellowship? Are we growing or are we collapsing as a fellowship? You say, well, Keith, show me, how can I pray for others? I, I don't know them. as lots of faces I don't recognize. There's lots of people who go to the, a different service than I do. Well, here's just a couple of very practical suggestions. Pick up a member's directory, and you'll hopefully get a new one quite soon, and take a page a day, and they pray through the six or seven faces that you see. That'll take you about a month to get through. Sign up to the, the MISPA prayer guide, which gives you two or three names to pray for each day. Join a growth group and to be praying for 12 or 15 people who you know just on a bit more of an intimate level. Pray for those who you've talked to at a crib around the table. Pray for them in the week ahead. You say, well, Keith, how do I know what to pray for them? I just see these faces. I don't really know what's going on. But pray a psalm, pray a prayer of the Bible over them. On a Sunday, as you seek people, as you text them, ask people, what can I pray for you this week? 
Can you imagine how transforming that would be to our fellows up here at Hamilton Baptist if there's an intertangled web of people continually asking, how can I pray for you this week? Come to the prayer times as some of the requests are shared either online or in person. Three opportunities each week to do that. Even if you can only come to one, that'd be wonderful and it'll really inform your prayers. She said, but Keith, I still struggle. You don't know how bad my prayer life is. Well, I would say to you, you don't know how bad my prayer life is. I find little books like Rachel Jones, five things to pray for your church as part of a series, so helpful, and there's a whole range of others that you can pick up as well. I'd encourage you to begin small and to build, to plan a time and a place that works for you. Susanna Wesley, the father of Charles, uh, who had 10 children running around her, sat in her kitchen, pulled up her apron and prayed. That was the only time that she could find to do it. People used to walk past her house and see her doing this. Turn off our phones, I believe probably the biggest obstacle in my life to prayer is constant communication and the temptation of a phone. But really, as we seek to intercede for each other, I'd encourage you to pray with others, however that looks like in the life of the church, to pray with other people. Use some of these opportunities and these resources that we have. We are a tremendously privileged people. We have Jesus Christ praying for us today and forevermore in the courts of heaven. He is our great intercessor, our great high priest. We have the Holy Spirit praying in our hearts for us. Whenever we simply do not know what to pray for ourselves or for others, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and helps us in our weakness. And we have this opportunity to be praying for each other and to know that others are praying for us. The group are going to sing a song for us. And during this, I want you to Look around and even pray for people around you. I want you to look around and pray for people that you don't see around you or that you haven't seen for the whole pandemic. Pray for them. I want you to think about the persecuted church today. Think about Sam's rap and other missionaries who have gone out to be praying for them, to be interceding for them, to be praying on behalf of these parcels and packages going out that will have a lasting, eternal impact as they do. And we take some time to consider our own prayer. Let's, to consider some of the small changes that we are going to uh, do to carve just a little bit more time to take a step in the right direction, to be praying for others, to be praying together, and to be seeing God glorified.